0: On today's show,
1: I think what we have to do is put ourselves in the list of sinners that Paul, or through the power of the Holy Spirit, puts us in and saying, Yeah, I'm part of this list of really screwed up people who should die and go to hell, but I am no longer those things because I've been washed by the blood of Christ and now I'm saved and sanctified and justified and and the Spirit of Christ has saved me, just like He can save anybody.
0: Stay tuned. Hey, listeners, the Radius Missiology Conference is coming up in June at Christ Covenant Church in Matthews, North Carolina. Now, we'll be there live podcasting, like always, like we did last year, and we're excited for you to join us. We're giving away five live tickets for the event and also five live stream passes. That's an expensive value, especially for those live tickets, and we want to invite you to be a part of this event. They're just as serious about Missiology as we are. As you know, we've talked about Radius International on the show a lot before. You can sign up for our giveaway. Go to missionspodcast.com slash Radius22. That's missionspodcast.com slash Radius22. And all you've got to do is drop your name and your email, and we'll let you know if you're the winner of one of five free live tickets or five free live streaming passes. We're excited to see you there, and thank you for your support of the show. Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined by Scott Dunford, co-host, pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California. Scott, you are closer to our time zone today. You are in Michigan, is that right? And I understand something very important just happened in your family.
2: Yes, I am on vacation in Michigan uh, from our lake cabin here just kind of hibernating away because we just got done celebrating my daughter's wedding so my oldest uh, my daughter it was uh, emotionally gut-wrenching but also one of the happiest days of my life and uh, now we are decompressing and what better thing to do than you know a day or two after the wedding to get hop back on the podcast and talk to Josh. So yeah,
0: I'm excited. I agree. It was a great wedding. Um it was a beautiful. Oh, oh, wait. Oh wait, I wasn't in invi- We'll talk later. I was wondering why I didn't see you there. Hey, speaking of, if a- you're just listening to the audio podcast, this is a little different. We would encourage you head over to the ABWE International YouTube page. Boom. Or to the ABW no, not the ABWE Facebook page. I mean, go there too, but go to the Missions podcast Facebook page. And you'll see that we're not only doing this by video, but we are doing our first official full episode here live in the studio.
1: And this studio is fantastic, by the way. I'm, I'm over here. I've got this cup. And inside this cup, for those who don't can't see it, uh, there's it's actually so new, there's a, still the tag. <laughs> that's right. There's no coffee in my cup, there's Alex. None.
0: There's none. So we've got to work on the hospitality here. I'm really disappointed, but
1: that's okay. It's beautiful in here. Like This is a world-class studio now
0: for those of you that don't recognize that voice if you're not watching if you're still just listening first of all in the famous words of rc Sproul, what's wrong with you people but second if you are still just listening and i get it i'm an audio podcast guy as well we have one of abwe's board members friend of the show friend of scott and i absolutely and also founder and president of the idea network one joshua tice
1: yes hi how are you i love this podcast and i love both of you and scott the wedding was just amazing. Oh, I you too. I, I I I had such a great time up there man. Thank you for inviting yeah. me.
2: And, and ask Tito Alex about it. He loved it, too. He was. Kind
0: of- <laughs> I will. Uh, Tito is going to have some reckoning uh, to do with me afterwards. Tito is our producer. This show is produced by Tito Estevez. And uh, give him a round of applause right now. We're just we're so grateful for him. Seriously, Tito! it's awesome to be here in the studio. And we're grateful for him. But actually, we have an interview to do here today. And you have a plane to catch. I do. Yeah, I'm flying to Oklahoma
1: City. And then home. I've got a wedding myself. Another wedding that I'm going to be a part of.
0: Well, people might be wondering how we got you in studio all the way from Las Vegas where you pastor. Yes. You've been doing something today here at ABWE up on the hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, it was a great day. It was called the um, uh, How to Engage the LBGTQ community. And we talked to ministry leaders, pastors, evangelists, youth pastors, next-gen pastors, a lot of moms and dads, Hmm. just lay people showing up. It was an amazing webinar because we were talking with four specific experts on how the church is to properly and um, effectively engage and communicate with the LBGTQ community. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. So.
0: And I can see it's wearing on you. You did that for like three hours, and now you're like you can't even get the whole alphabet, all of the acronym. There correct. are too many letters for us to keep up. There's with. There's too many letters for sure. So also said, wh-
1: said those who for, who work with ABWE. Well, yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> we need to add a few more. <laughs> yeah. I think um, we should start a new streaming service, ABWE Plus. I a- think I think it would work. I would I would pay six ninety nine a month. All right. I'll take you up on that. Hey, two of the people yep. now correct me if I'm wrong that you spoke with would be Jim Childs, A B W E missionary with every ethnic. No, he was not a part of the webinar, or he was. He was. Okay. So tell us about Jim. And then also Christopher Yuan has been on our show before as well, but it's been a couple of years. He's a great
2: expert on this topic too. A couple of weeks ago I got a text from Christopher saying, Who is this Josh Tyson? Tell me about the idea network and because uh, Chris Chris and I are old friends, so I'm glad that he was able to and be said, on it. That's run awesome. You're
1: like, why, why are you talking to him?
2: No, that is not what I said.
1: That's okay. You bet he was you know. able to join. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's, that's what some of my friends, but, but okay. So first of all, yeah. there was somebody named Laura Beth Perry, who used to go by Laura Beth Perry. In fact, that's who you could find her in a lot of ways, um, but now goes by Laura Perry Smith because she just got married last week. Anyway, mm-hmm. she was our opening and uh, it was a deeply emotional story about a young woman who never felt comfortable in her own body and believed herself to desire to be like one of the little boys and was actually encouraged to go that direction and became a transgendered man and lived that way for multiple years. Mm. And this is a story we've heard, not for years ourselves, but many times over the last few years. But where her story turns is when God himself breaks into her life Mm. and makes her very uncomfortable with the fact that she has been in rebellion against her creator and she comes to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And after she trusts Christ as her Savior, her journey of transition back to the way God created her mm. is miraculous, wow. emotional, beautiful. I mean, it was, it was, emo- I'm sitting here in a studio mm. and I'm getting emotional listening to Laura Perry Smith on that. But Jim Childs, of course our very own ABWE missionary, love Jim. He's been to yeah. Southern Hills. He's preached for our church. He oh. does these uh, these um, web uh, seminars all over the country. And if you're a pastor listening to this and you have not taken advantage, you're crazy. You are cra- you gotta do it. And you gotta book it out ahead of time because they're booked. Yeah. Um, but they are fantastic seminars. It's not just a one-day preaching. He shares his story, yes, but within the three-day seminar, you have an opportunity of your church members Getting individually trained on how to reach their friends, coworkers, neighbors, relatives, nephews, nieces, uncles, aunts with the gospel of Jesus Christ in a very pointed way, but uh, a truth filled, grace um, loved way. And he talked about truth without grace is mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. So powerful, That's Alex. Cute. Incredible. That's good.
2: So I'm, I'm curious, Josh, you're in Las Vegas. I mean, I can share my stories from the Bay Area. I'm sure Alex has got his in York. But what are you hearing from pastors? You're leading this, this idea network. You're talking to hundreds of pastors, if not thousands of pastors. What are you hearing from pastors on this topic? Are they nervous to engage? Are they uncertain how to engage? Are they afraid to say something? Are they afraid to stand up? Or, or do you find like they just don't know how to do it well. Uh, does it vary by region of the country? What are you hearing? What is, what's the scuttlebutt on the ground from the pastors that you're engaged with?
1: So we live in a day of, I think, theological shifts and trends uh, in a lot of ways, and people questioning things that the church has taken very seriously for many, many years. And and there are conversations as it relates to uh, female roles in ministry, egalitarianism, questions that people are having about racial relations, a lot of things that people are playing with and yeah. toying with yeah. and having questions about. And, uh, and I think it's interesting now to watch because some of those who are, I guess I would say, more bold in their willingness to question historic positions of the Church are now attempting to question the historic position of the Church as it relates to gender as it relates to sexuality and what I would call the traditional biblical sexual ethic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I see trending in a direction, not a healthy thing, not a good thing in my opinion, and I believe a biblical position, trending toward 10 years from now, maybe less, a very strong effort to heavily imply or outright say that a church is not Jesus-like or loving of people if they don't Um, go as far as affirming the sexual choices of those within their community. Uh, I think that's heading that direction. I think even 20 years ago is the idea of, oh, some of these Lutherans, right? Maybe they would be affirming. Uh, There might be one odd church with a rainbow flag out in front, but I think uh, on a broader scale, I think it's pushing that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that there is a you're, you asked specifically about like pastors within the idea network or maybe conservative churches, which I'd be a part of. There might be, I think the bigger question is how out of the mainstream will they feel more and more? And what does the next wave of quote unquote, we're going to be referred to as, fundamentalists on some of these issues and what is that going to look like i think the nervousness is is probably denominational in that way and then i think there's probably a nervousness as it relates to the individual aspect of how do i actually reach and love people who who refer to themselves or identify as LBGTQ. So I think there's two sides of that. But yeah, it's definitely in the minds and hearts of pastors right now.
2: And I do think what you said there plays into something that I notice, especially on social media. There are those that put stuff out of there on social media, clearly, I think, intending for their fellow pastors to see it and feel challenged. But then there's those on social media that are thinking about their neighbors. And that is a challenge, right? Because we're trying to be godly, be loving, but also say things in a way that that can actually find the hearer where they're at. And and so how do you when you work with pastors on some of these things, or even as you think about where you're at in your location in Las Vegas, how do you build that f- play with that tension between wanting to be bold and stating what Christian truth is, but also looking for ways to minister lovingly and carefully and actually, you know, if you're you're on social media with your neighbors, that they would see it and not go, hey, I'm writing Josh off, but I would actually have an opportunity to talk to them about the gospel, not just about political things.
1: Yes, Scott, isn't it dangerous as a pastor to see our social media audience as other pastors? rather than the community that we're trying to reach with the gospel of Christ. So I personally know that if I tweet or post something that is specifically designed for a pastoral ear, oh man, I know exactly how to say it. And I also know that exact same statement is going to undermine six months of work I've, I've done in personal evangelistic development and, uh, with, with somebody who I know is unsaved. So I think what you're bringing to the forefront is a decision of awareness that a ministry leader needs to have that says, I need to I need to prioritize, and what am I prioritizing? My denominational position, my reputation within the community of ministry leaders, pastors, or the fact that I'm being evangelistic? I think it's a great question. What do you think?
2: I do see that on social media, some people are like, hey, you're not, you know, you can be questioned for not being bold by constantly posting stuff. But I also recognize that on my social media I've got a mixed audience and I'm really thinking about my neighbors who I'm trying to reach. And without being able to sit down with them across the day, I had this happen just the other day here in Michigan mm. where I'm sitting down, I was invited to a community potluck and this guy sits down across from me the first time I ever met him and said, do you know so-and-so's daughter is gay? And I'm like, yes, I was aware of that. And then he goes, what do you think about it? <laughs> Well, you know, I have a moment there. Do I do I make a bold statement? Do I try to say it truthfully, but also recognizing I don't know who's listening around me, and so I I made a statement of like, this is what Christ calls His people to. This is what the biblical truth is. But also try to make a strong statement about, hey, but. You know, this does not affect the way I treat so and so. This does not affect the way. I mean, I, I does affect the way. I love them. I care for them. I want them to, to know that that I'm for them. And uh, but we realize it's complicated. And a bold, sometimes a bold, but but w- red meat worded statement that would be yeah. great. Uh, get a lot of likes on social media is not the thing that's going to open the door for me to be able to have a deeper conversation, either with my my neighbor who wanted me to say a, a hard political thing, because he's more right-wing, even though he's not a Christian at all, but neither will it reach my 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 neighbor, uh, my neighbor's daughter, who doesn't know the Lord, but who's also, you know, knee-deep or neck-deep in the LGBT community. I think it's a, when we're dealing with real people and real ministry, um, how we word things in the context in which we say them becomes increasingly crucial. So that's why I'm glad you're interacting with guys like Christopher and Chris, uh, Christopher and Jim who are able to kind of help us uh, think through that from the the mentality of someone who's been inside the movement and from that that side that that angle I think that's really helpful.
0: And it's not only the difference between engaging, Speaking to an audience of pastors, you know, preaching to the choir, literally, uh, or other people in your denomination or your network, versus the way that you would speak to an unbeliever, mm. uh, where it's all on the line, and and you're introducing them to Christ, and and you can't take anything for granted. It's also the difference between a political context and a, a neighborly context ah. as well, too. Yep. So the way that I advocate, for instance, against legislation that's putting children at risk, yep. that's abusive towards children is gonna be very different than the tone that I take with an individual who's been brought into this lifestyle, who needs to hear biblical truth Great. and grace, it needs to be one as a human. There's there's a lot there too. So because you're seeing drift and we're all seeing drift right now, where do you go biblically with your church? And and I'm sure you have young believers and people that are still wrapping their minds around like, yeah, the, I guess this really is what scripture calls us to. but. Where do you go as far as texts of Scripture, not only for the biblical sexual ethic, but also for the biblical posture that we should have with neighbors, with fellow believers, with an unbelieving culture around us?
1: Sure. Well, I think we begin by calling sin, sin. My interactions with anybody that has come from any type of negative, sinful background, regardless of what category that might be, there has never been a respect by placating that I've that I've seen. And we have people in our local congregation in Las Vegas.
0: Meaning they don't respect you if you placate?
1: Don't respect you if you placate. Yeah. So we have we have individuals in our in our congregation. God is, it, the congregation is filled with just the grace of God. We have individuals that are former dancers and and in Las Vegas a dancer is not a ballet right. dancer. Yeah. And uh, we context have, clues.
0: Yeah, context yeah, clues a
1: lot of people in. And um, and former prostitutes and oh, nice former care. drug dealers and former, um, I mean, God has just saved people. Former transgendered individuals, former uh, those who who at once were homosexual or identified as lesbian or bisexual, and uh, God has saved a lot of people in modern day Corinth. It's awesome. But yeah. one of the things that I've learned is that to see true repentance, the only way to see true repentance is to not equivocate when it comes to calling sin, sin. I think where we miss it is that sometimes we call their sin, sin, and we call my sin mistakes. Yeah, or struggles.
0: Struggles. Yeah. Let's
1: talk about our struggles. Don't some of us struggle in the area of gluttony? No, that's sin. That is... Or can I throw something else out
0: there, too? Not only a failure to call all sin, sin, but also I think some of us think that we've done our duty once we call sin, sin. Wow. That's only half of the equation, right? That's the law. Okay, you brought the law. Now bring the gospel, right? So
1: good. Well, this is what Paul was dealing with when it comes to the Corinthians. In Corinthians chapter 6, so you asked, where do I go scripturally? There are a lot of wonderful places to go. I mean, we know what the Old Testament says. We know Romans chapter 1. We know some go-to passages as it relates to, okay, but does the Bible say this is sin? Yes. I'll be blunt and try to be kind, but you are showing your biblical illiteracy if you don't understand that the Bible is clear, that, that the category of homosexual sins do fall into the category of sin, all throughout the scripture. But yeah. your question was specific about being true as it relates to very strong stand, as it relates to the sin of um, homosexuality, but how do you interact? And I think Paul does that with the Corinthians, and I think Paul does that with the Romans beautifully. So for example, First Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 11. Paul says, do you not know that the unrighteousness, uh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Of course. We understand those who are perpetually unrighteous, those who are died in their sins, are not going to be saved. Uh, They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. And then he gets very specific, (laughs) and he lists it out, as Paul tends to like to do. Fornicators junk drawer of sinners, right? All sin, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, I'm reading from the New King James Version, Mm. nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so he's very clear. Okay, These people do not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says, and such were some of you... Okay, so stop, full stop, I've I've talked with pastors who genuinely will make the argument, well, if you've committed the sin of homosexuality, you you have been reprobate to the point of inability to be saved. Hmm. Well, my hmm. friend, well. pal, come on, look at me. Hmm. What is verse 11 clearly stating here? Yeah. He's saying that there were some, for, there were Christians in Corinth who have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. They've been saved, they've been born again. And at one point, they were these things, but are no longer these things. And then he tells us how. Such were some of you, but you were washed. So how are they different? They were washed by the blood of Christ. You were sanctified. You were set apart, separate, holy. But you were now justified, declared righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So I think this is great. I think what we have to do is put ourselves in the list of sinners that Paul, or through the power of the Holy Spirit, puts us in and saying, yeah, I'm part of this list of really screwed up people who should die and go to hell, but I am no longer those things because I've been washed by the blood of Christ and now I'm saved and sanctified and justified and, and the Spirit of Christ has saved me, just like he can save anybody. Amen. So I would say 1 Corinthians 6 is Preach one up. of those passages. Oh, I'm getting ready, man. <laughs> Calm me down. <laughs> Scott, This is uh, this is embarrassing. Romans chapter 2. So Romans chapter 2 has been really helpful in my ministry context as well. In Romans chapter 2, people say, okay, show us the passage on on homosexuality, and our mind goes immediately to Romans 1. That's fine. It should. Uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul is making an argument that he's going to finally get to in Romans chapter 3, and that is everybody's a sinner. Deal with it, right? So he begins in Romans chapter 1 by saying, hey— all those Gentiles that you don't like, they're a bunch of wicked, nasty sinners. And everybody that is religious, uh, Jewish in this context, is saying, that's right, they are. They're a bunch of nasty people who do not know God and worship you know, stones and, and animals. Right. And then Romans 2 comes along. Right! Right. Romans 2, this beautiful hinge point, and it says in verse 2, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. We know, you can almost hear the, the verbato in the voice, we know that God's judgment according to the truth against those who practice such things. Yuck. Verse three, and do you think this, O oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? He begins by saying, you've done the same things, pal. Mm -hmm. You've done the same things. And you're lying to yourself and lying to God to not think you have. And then he captures it in verse 4 by saying, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance? Mm -hmm. It was God's goodness that drew you to himself. And one of the stories that you see over and over repeated, Christopher Ewan's story, Jim Child's story, Laura Beth Perry's story, my story, I can't presume upon your stories, but it was the goodness of God, the grace of God that drew me to salvation. And I think if we, and I teach our church, if we are going to draw those who are captured into sin, then it should be grace and love and love. And goodness and kindness and mercy that draws them. Not a denial of truth, sure but yeah. goodness and grace and love that draws them.
0: What do you think? Well, and Paul says in Romans 7, you know, the law of God is good. God's law is good, so it's not as though all of the truth-telling isn't good, but there's there's not only the law of Christ, there's the Spirit of Christ, there's the person of Christ, the goodness, the tenderness of Christ, and we know that nothing we do rhetorically is going to win someone because god has to give new life and god is capable of giving new life regardless of how much we bone it in the evangelistic process as we do all the time but it is his goodness and i had a conversation just last night with some friends of ours from our church and they're struggling with some family things and they have some family who are solid you know reformed they check all the right boxes you know doctrinally and otherwise and yet but they're describing some issues that they faced and it's the spirit of Christ is mm. at times lacking. Mm. You know, it's, we're, we're checking every box. It's, it's kind of the Romans 2 thing going, uh, uh, you know, a little bit in that direction. But missing the character of Christ, the heart of Christ yes, for sinners that a, a bruised reed he doesn't break and a smoking flax he doesn't quench.
1: Man, that's so beautiful. And I, I completely agree. This idea that I'm being kind by not sharing truth is ridiculous. I don't yeah. go to a doctor who is an oncologist and he's just too nice to let me know my body is riddled with cancer. He's just too nice. You'd be like, no, the man needs to be sued right. out of existence. But also, I don't go to a doctor who's going to see my body's riddled with cancer and walk up and say, your body's riddled with cancer, good luck. Right. I want bedside manner. <laughs> on ma- both sides. I want bedside manner. And, and I think Christians can say, look, we do have an answer. How exactly am I going to share with this person that they are dead in their trespasses and sins? and then in the midst of it, pray that the Holy Spirit of God do what only he can do to awaken them to truth. But for me to say it in such a way that doesn't make them stumble.
2: Because the reality is, it's not an issue just of homosexuality. It's really an issue of rebellion against God that that shows itself in that particular sin, just like lots of other particular sins. It has to get down to the idea of your sin is an expression of a heart of rebellion towards God. What will you do with that? You know, will you re- repent and accept Christ and, and yield to his lordship in your life? Or are you going to continue to do it your own way? And um, that's the message we have to people. So I, I'm curious, Josh, as you think about this, and as now you're, you're on a, the board of ABWE and you're thinking about not just as a pastor, does this have missiological implications? How should a missionary think about this? What would you say to missionaries in, about this particular topic?
1: You know, I was just listening to a philosopher slash thinker who's very popular um, online now, and he was talking about the fact that over the years, the United States has been a place that has exported great ideas. And over the last few decades, we've become a nation that has exported terrible ideas. (laughs) Sure. I don't know what's going on around the world. The missionaries listening to this podcast right now, you're the heroes that know your culture. I don't know your culture. But I'm guessing... If they're watching the movies that my kids are watching, that I'm watching, we're exporting the ideas about gender and sexuality that are now corrupting and—I bring would say corrupting the world, yes, and bringing corruption to the surface in a way that we've never seen before. So I do think it's a missions issue because if America leads the way in this perversion, I don't know. What do you think?
0: That's really interesting you should bring that up. All the caveats you know this is not a political podcast all those sorts of things one of the things going around and circulating uh matt walsh with the daily wire he's a roman catholic he put out his documentary oh, yes. what is a woman yeah and one of the interesting things that he does is he visits the maasai tribe uh one of them in kenya mm. and he's talking through a translator to these maasai tribesmen and you see that very same thing. Oh, this is America? If this is what's coming from America, I don't want any part of that. It, and it really is interesting. We we have conversations on different levels about racial reconciliation and those sorts of issues. And, and there's been uh, some of the things that we've talked about on this show, there's such a pushback against any form of missions that's Western. And we sort of want to say, well, but God is still calling us to send missionaries too. And You know, we we shouldn't be, you know, ashamed of that. We should be, you know, repentant where there's need to be repentant for things that we've been complicit in. But God has called everybody. Yes, even the American church to be on mission because we're all supposed to be on mission, right? And there's some things that we don't want to be overly apologetic for. And yet it is interesting. Talk about the liabilities of being an American missionary. Yeah, same as when you go to a Muslim country. And and we know this to be true. And if you spent time with Muslims, you look at Saudi Arabia, you assume, well, everyone there is Muslim. Mm -hmm you look at the united states from that perspective and they see us and they assume everybody there is a christian so that's yeah. just what they do they've got you know and it used to be their mtv and their you know this and their that and now it's now it's the gender ideology and those sorts of things and in some contexts that are more traditional in terms of morality than us we've got to do some contextualizing and say Scripture agrees more with you where you're that coming from with the traditional point. morality because you've got a little bit more common grace than our culture does right now. You, you've got a little bit more natural understanding of, of natural revelation than we do Shocking currently. Shocking
1: what you just said, that that maybe somewhere out there another culture <laughs> might a little bit have, have a little bit common of, grace. I think we have to we have, have a,
0: a theology of common grace, though, because that, yeah. that is lost. That is lost. There is natural revolution, uh, revelation.
1: Well, ethnocentrism says, no, no, I'm the place. We're right. the place. We've received all knowledge. We're the height of civilization. And I think we're getting to a place where American Christians can now more generally agree and say, yeah, maybe we are not the end of all civilization. Maybe we are the end of civilization.
0: <laughs> and I don't want to get too dark. You here. either laugh or cry. I'm going to laugh right now. But <laughs> right.
2: There is another angle, I think, to this too. Uh, and that is what missionaries are having to do every day and that is of understanding the context in which they're ministering and alex hinted at this already and interpreting the culture in which they're in and where it's lining up with the gospel and where it's not lining up with the gospel and learning how to, looking for those openings to talk about the gospel in ways that they can understand and receive it. I do think that's what the Western church has to do with this issue of homosexuality. I do think that's something that that Jim and Christopher Yuan and some of these others, what ABWE has done with Every ethnase uh, Heart, Mind, and Soul and uh, that, that seminar they do on connecting with your LGBT plus neighbors is really helpful because we have to think Like missionaries about this subculture, we have to understand where they're coming from and some of those things that that are door openers and what are the things that shut their doors and uh, close the doors quickly, so that we can have entrance, be able to share the the truth of of the gospel in a way. Because so many of our LGBT neighbors are just assume that Christians hate them. And uh, and they have negative experiences in interacting with Christians, and so we've got to be really wise in how we interact. And I think that's something missiologically we can learn from what our missionaries are doing around the world, as we try to engage this unique cultural situation right here in America too. So I think I think the learning can go both ways, and this way is something we can learn from our missionaries here in this, as we minister here in the states. What do you guys think about that?
0: And likewise, just as we have to think like missionaries here, in where we live now missionaries also need to realize that they're not any more exempt from the culture war, if we can call it that, than, than we are. So whether you're in the United States, which seems to be in a terrible position right now in a lot of ways, or if you're in Kenya working with the Maasai tribe, or somewhere else in Saudi Arabia dealing with misconceptions of Americans or of Christians there, you're, you're not in any less of a cosmic battle you know, than we are, if you look, you know, on TV, or if you look at the Women's March, or if you stand outside of a Planned Parenthood, you know, that's culture war, that's, you know, cosmic battle happening there, that's light and dark or whatever, but so is the mission field. We can't think that we're doing something easier in a way by loving on people overseas that I'm attracted to that culture. Yeah, I don't really want to get in everything that's happening here, but I love the mystique and the vibe of missions, and we've got to be aware of that because, Okay. Even prior to the moral revolution in our culture, it's always been light versus dark. So good. It's always been a battle against principalities, there's, powers. There's
2: always rebellion against God, right? Yeah. It, sometimes it shows itself in sexual ways. Other times it shows itself in other That's ideological right. ways. Absolutely. We're always doing battle uh, with a rebellion against God in our own hearts, but also in our yeah. culture or anti-culture so, as they may be.
0: Yes. Anti-culture. Yes. Carl Truman, read that book. It's a good book. Hey Josh, you have a plane to catch. If people want to watch this webinar that you just wrapped up here, how can they do that and how can they get a hold of you and the idea network?
1: Oh, absolutely. Just go to the idea and you'll be able to find the webinar. You can actually purchase the entire thing. All four hours of content is right there for you. You can hear all four. I think, I think the cost is something like uh $5.99 or something like that, oh, very cool! but y- you'll get all the content on video, on audio. You can share it with your team. It's not an individual cost. It's use it for whatever you want to use it for. And, um, I want to encourage you to pick that up. Plus you can find uh, more content like this on the idea talks podcast that we do kind of a sister podcast, I feel in a lot of ways to you guys the idea talks podcast we actually interviewed several of these guests throughout the years on that podcast as well man i've i've loved being able
0: to be with you guys today thank you this for has this. been a joy yeah it's always a joy we will include a link to that in the show notes thanks we're so glad that you're here And uh, we're also grateful for every ethnase involvement in in all of that, another ABWE ministry. And of course, the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. To get more, go to missionspodcast.com. We also appreciate your generous support. Several of you have chosen to support the show financially. You can partner with us at missionspodcast.com slash support. And to learn more about ABWE, you can go to abwe.org. The best way that you can share the show and pay it forward for other people to discover this beneficial content, we believe it's beneficial, is to leave a positive rating and a five-star review in your platform of choice that'll help get this in front of other people that can be blessed by it. And Josh, thanks again. Let's get you on a plane. Until next week, thank you for watching or listening to The Missions Podcast.